Hey Bluntheads, this is Greg with the Philly Blunt. I'm really excited about this episode's guest. I wasn't really a Queer Eye fan until they came to Philly for Season 5 and one of the hosts wore a shirt by uh, the local female punk band Vixen77. So I checked it out. I wanted to see what the shirt looked like and I wanted to see what Philly looked like in the show in general. Uh, ended up blowing through the entire season in about two days. It's a really fun, heartwarming show, and the episode with Philly's own Tyreek Wanamaker may be the most inspirational of the bunch. And Tyreek is our guest on this episode. Tyreek lost a brother to gun violence, won the prison, and spent a chunk of his high school years homeless. We chat with him about overcoming those obstacles, his experience filming Queer Eye, how his life has changed since the show, his nonprofit work at The Block Gives Back and also at The Mighty Writers, and what the future holds for Tyreek, which may include running for local office. Tell your friends about us, rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you consume podcasts so you can continue celebrating the beauty of Philly, and follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all as the Philly Blunt. Lastly, support our sponsors, Shive Vintage Sports, where every stitch tells a story. Grab your Philly sports and culture gear at ShiveVintageSports.com or at their store at 137 South 13th Street. And Johnville.com, J-A-W-N-V-I-L-L-E.com for the observations, rants, and ramblings of a Philly bloke. This bloke, me in particular. Please enjoy this sit-down with Tyree Guanamaker of Queer Eye, Season 5, Episode 4. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Philly Blunt. My name's Johnny Goodtime. Long week, fellas. Long week. You sure, man? Oh, <laughs> I was like, did he so freeze good. up? Oh, my so God. Good. That was so good. I was sitting there like, okay. Um, I'm, I'm Reef. I'm Greg. Uh, my good friend Harlan Hill, as you can see right here beside me, he'll be uh, he'll be he's joining in as a special guest. But we're even more excited to have our actual guest this week. Uh, please uh, welcome to the show. He's uh, a part of the Mighty Writers program. Uh, he was uh, featured on Queer Eye very recently. Uh, please welcome Mr. Tyreek Wanamaker. Welcome, Tyreek. Thanks for joining us. Oh man, and I think you know it's it's a historic day. It's a crazy week. Um, <laughs> Very good, yeah. Yeah, just kind of curious. You I mean, know, you could just expand crazy month, crazy year. Right, uh, yeah. yeah, so let's start with March. No, so um, you know, so kind of want to just know like where you know kind of kind of what this week's been like for you obviously philly's kind of at the you know they're all eyes on philly right now yeah and, um you know what's kind of been your reaction to these last couple days as things have gone crazy you've had the the trumpsters coming in with the flags <laughs> you got the people dancing at the convention center it's wild um so i live in like fishtown and like a good like 50 percent of my neighborhood is like trump supporters Wow. So I'm always like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like yep. looking out my window to make sure, you know, nothing crazy was going on on election day. Uh, but the week's been, I've just been trying to avoid the outside kind of for the past couple of days. A little, yeah. little too much for me. Yeah. Smart. I hear you, man. It's best to just kind of lay low. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, fish town, old head fish towns get crazy a little. Yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. And I live like right off of Lehigh, so like you got like All your right. junkies and you got like your hipsters and the cold. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting little, uh, it's an interesting little triangle of uh, Philadelphia, yeah. uh, all the all the corners of Philadelphia convening in one spot. Yeah. 
like across the street from me is like a, a heroin brothel. And then like next door to me is like a guy who owns a Tesla and lives in like a $250,000 house. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to let my buddy uh, Harlan Hill know about the uh, heroin brothel. I think his eyes, his eyes opened wide right there. I want to talk, let's, let, let's start talking a little bit about Queer Eye, and then I want to get into some of the, the charity stuff that you're working on, too. Um, yeah. The Queer Eye uh, appearance, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, all of us, I think, have, have been in or around that kind of, of situation where, you know, a video, you're part of a production, right? And then you see it on TV, and it's yeah. totally... It's it, it, it's it's created for TV, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, wanted to know how much of that, you know, of that episode, like, was real, and how much of that was kind of staged. Um, so it for the most part, I would say like almost all of it was pretty realistic. I think that the the things that were kind of like um, staged was more in like the editing. They kind of made things a little bit more dramatic than like they were. Like it was just right. like a, a lot of the stuff was just regular conversations, and it kind of just made it seem like you know something drastic happened in that scene. But they always add the like ominous music over. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> or like there's a lot of elongated pauses that I never had. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, okay, like, <laughs> I guess it's for you know, got to make it interesting for TV. <laughs> Um, how, how did that come about? How did yeah. you end up on the show? Did you have a friend that that called him and, and, and thought you'd be good on the show, or how'd that work? Yeah, it was it was really random. <laughs> so uh, mm. so uh, I was at work, and Tommy, he's in the episode, one of my friends, he contacted mm. me and was like, hey, uh, our friend Alexis had, like, nominated the blockers back for, uh, like, the show. And, like, we didn't even, like, think it was anything serious at first. We were kind of just like bullshitting. They came to uh they came to Tommy's house and we like sat down, they like interviewed each of us individually. Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't supposed to be about me at first. Um, oh wow. And they like interviewed everybody individually and then I like they heard my story and like the producers liked it and were like, yeah, he's you know we need a black guy. So <laughs> <laughs> so i wanted to ask when they show up for the first time they pop in the mighty writers do you know they're coming in at that time no so for the the funny thing is that was a scheduled staff meeting so like i was just going to work (laughs) i was just going to work and um like i knew something was up like they they made it seem like they were just going to shoot material like Mm b-roll and um so they picked me up in the morning, took me to work. Uh, and then like in the middle of the meeting, meeting was going normally. That's when the Fab Five just like burst through the door. And it was like, oh, wow. Funny, <laughs> funny story. We actually had to like reshoot like the whole walkout section. Because really? One of the people on the staff was like a big fan of the show. And she like ran out after us and like tried to get autographs in the middle of the shooting. And they were like, no. <laughs> no, you can't do that. That's not how it works. <laughs> so when they, because I'm pretty new to the show, when they walk in, they got a lot of energy. It comes off that oh, way yeah, on TV. Yeah, Is yeah. it over the top when they walk through the door? Probably over the top, and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, <laughs> hey, what's going on here? I'm like, I had to like, like I seen them, and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be excited here, so let me, <laughs> let me wake up. I have to wake up now. 
<laughs> I went from like talking about like staff schedules to like right. having to like jump for joy. It was very yeah. Very in high. the middle, you were eating a quiche when they came in too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the greatest quiche either, but you know. <laughs> Um, wanted to uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Mighty Writers, kind of how you got into that. I know, um, I believe that was started by Tim uh, Whitaker. Yeah, Tim Whitaker, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of wanted to see how you how you came to get into that and and, and how that came about. Um, so it's actually like it's one of those things like sowing the seeds kind of things. Uh, in high school, I went to Lincoln in Northeast, and um, in high school, Christina. Uh, who was also in the episode, she was like, her first job was like working as like a peer mentor coordinator at my high school. And um, like after I graduated, I stuck around to like do peer mentoring and like through like her job searches and bouncing around, I just kind of like, when she had a new job, I would go to her and like, for just to like work with kids. Um, and she got a job at Mighty Writers probably like right around the beginning, maybe like eight, nine years ago. Um, and one day, like a year ago, I was literally, I worked at NPR and I had got fired. And two days later, I hit her up and just like, hey, like, I want to like come down and just help out. And she was like, cool, wear a nice shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so I, kind of, I came and I had like, you know, button down on and all that. And like, I got there and printed out my resume. She asked me for my resume. And then her boss came and interviewed me on the spot, and then gave me the job the next day. So nice, beautiful, beautiful. How do you how do you get fired? How do you get fired from NPR? What did, uh, what did you do? He, he raised his voice above the window. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> so I was a I was a door to door canvasser um, okay. for like fundraising, and I did that for like three years. And I had like you know it's it's one of those jobs. I got very like disillusioned with the job because like it's a very racially tense time, and it's like I'm a Six foot black dude knocking mm-hmm. on suburban doors, like right. people were legitimately scared of me, and it was right. like, making me cry very hard. I was having like breakdowns at work. Yeah, yeah sure, you're from NPR. Nice, nice try, buddy. Yeah. I'm literally happy people told me like you're not scamming me, and I'm like, I, I, just, I just got this NPR shirt printed, you know, so I could take your money. Yeah, yeah. I like. I had a bad week, and they were like, "Yeah, you can't stay anymore." So, you know, I was like, "Fine." Yeah, yeah. I want to get back to when they, I when they first show up, they take you to your house, right? I gotta go back to this. You know, you you have no heads up that you're picked and what day this is happening because your place wasn't the cleanest when they showed up. Oh, so that was that's one of the things that was staged by the show. All right, they tell you to make uh, it look a little dirty. Yeah. All, <laughs> yeah. right, all right, all right, Yeah, because yeah, their, their whole thing yeah. is to clean clean things up, right? That's yeah, it. like, oh, literally, literally like, uh, a couple of days before the show, like, started filming, they came to my house. So yeah. they did, like, a whole, like, they hired a cleaning crew because uh, Tan is, like, allergic to cats. Okay. And so, like, they had the house clean. They told me, like, just, like, let stuff pile up. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> just like just let it go you know some of that stuff was like stuff like the whole mashed potatoes in the first thing yeah yeah really happened <laughs> that really happened yeah like we just forgot they were in there and yeah there's like molded stuff in there when yeah, they opened up that pot <laughs> <laughs> yeah how about that there was like five cans of febreze is that you normally or they put that in there that was me i actually yeah yeah i, like, I do like my fence <laughs> 
Fabrice is the go-to, man. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> so being on a show like that with millions of people watching, how is your family, friends? What's the, been the reaction? Um, it kind of depends. My family, my family's weird. Like they kind of like haven't even acknowledged this a thing. Like mm. I don't even know if my family has like watched the show, but like right. my friends are like everybody's like I'm the celebrity friend now. <laughs> hey, you're on the Philly blunt, man. They're your friends right, or not? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and it's just like weird stuff. Like uh, my friend Aunt like was driving down the street one day. We live on the same block. He was driving down the street with like some random people. I don't even know who these people were, and like just stopped in front of my house to like tell them that he knew me. <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, I'm so happy for you. And it's it's odd. like for me, like the whole thing is odd because it's like. The show, like, changed things in my life, like, but it wasn't, like, fame has never been, like, a big thing for me. Like, mm -hmm. I grew up, my mom, like, knew, like, Freeway and all those guys. So, like, okay. I, I was always around, like, celebrities, so celebrities never really been a thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So, like, it, it's not as big of a deal to me as it is to, like, other people. Mm -hmm. For me, it's, like, a cool experience. For them, it's, like, oh, my God, you that guy from Netflix. Right, right, right. Just so you know, you just made us feel old as dirt by being, like, your mom knows Freeway. In there. <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah. funny story, I was at the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the video shoot for, uh, man, what is the name of the song? Flipside. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was at the video shoot. Uh, Fun video, I man. I was in like the fourth grade and like okay. they shot the video like around the corner from my mom's house. And we yes. all just like left school and went to the video shoot. Yeah, man. That was a big yeah. deal because that Jay, Jay, Jay showed up for that video. Jay doesn't yeah, show up yeah. for a lot of videos. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Pass word along to mom. We might need freeway on the, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. It's all about networking. Shows all yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, but there are. Did, did the show have an impact on you personally at all? Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Like, um, I think the biggest impact was just like expanding my network. Mm -hmm. um, like, I got a. I have like lots of people from like all over the world who are like constantly in touch with me and like are like trying to like work on me with like big projects or just like trying to like help me in life. A lot of life coaches and things are like mm -hmm. contacting me and reaching out things. Yeah. Um, and it has like changed my attitude toward things a little bit. Okay. Um, Cause I want to ask you about Karamo. Uh, he says a little thing. Uh, Tyreek tells himself an old story that he's not loved and doesn't belong. And it's time he confronts that. <laughs> Do you think that was like an accurate thing that you worked on and that the show helped you with? No, that was, uh, so before the, before the show even aired, um, like me and the producers had a lot of talks and that was like a thing. That's the thing that like I struggled with for a long time. I never like graduated college or anything. Mm -hmm. and um, just do, like, networking and just, like, trying really hard. I found myself in, like, uh, positions that, like, I, I didn't feel like people who didn't, you know, graduate from college and, like, who didn't because I felt my senior year of high school. Like, I didn't feel like I had the credentials to do the things I was doing. Like, I was an assistant campaign manager on a mm -hmm. art race, and, like, I did a bunch of things that I didn't think I was supposed to do. You know, mm -hmm. and I guess that kind of like was a shock to the ego a little bit because I didn't right. feel like I was I was around a lot of people who had money that I like I was homeless and like around people with a lot of money. And it was right. just, you know, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Can um, you tell us? Mm-hmm. Can you tell the story? Because I think from what I gathered from Queer Eye, your brother had did something to someone, and your yeah. parents had feared for your safety. Yeah. And like that's a that's a story that I, I think rings true. Like especially Johnny and I worked with a kid who ended up getting gunned down and killed because his cousin had shot someone. Right. right. And people don't understand the impact that that has just on innocent bystanders or yeah, family yeah. members. Can you just yeah. tell us a little bit about like how that happened? Um, so the details are like extremely hard to grasp. Really, I'm still don't really know all of the like what's the truth and what's not. Um, but allegedly, my brother had gotten into an incident with somebody and shot him. And the like, my mom was afraid for our safety, so she she felt like somebody was gonna retaliate and we were like very popular in the neighborhood, everybody knew where we were. Um so how, how, she felt like somebody would retaliate. So how, she like sent us to like different family members' houses. And we kinda had to like scrap and survive on our own after that. Mm-hmm. Um I was already kind of like the black sheep of the family. So like I went off with like some cousins of mine and just kind of like disconnected from everybody a little bit. How old were you? Uh eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, a, that's th- a hard road. To, it's a hard to road. And then they mm-hmm. beat yourself off for not graduating college after going through that, man. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. Gotta yeah. love yourself. Be gentle with yourself. I'm, I'm a lot more now. <laughs> did, did, more thing, now did things ever get resolved with that situation? Is it is there, or is there still bad blood out there? Um, We all stay away from the neighborhood. There was another incident that happened that I'm not necessarily, like, free to speak on. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Completely. Yeah, we get it. Like, who knows, really? <clears throat> um, Like, we don't we don't really associate with anybody from down there anymore. I don't mm-hmm. go down there anymore. Um, yeah. My brother's uh, in jail. He's trying to appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's definitely, like, I have the case files. There's definitely, like, some very iffy stuff in the paperwork. So... Okay. We're all kind of just trying to make sure, you know, the situation resolves itself, however it resolves itself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious how, you know, how growing up in, in that type of situation, how, how did you end up, you know, you're, you're, you're so giving, you know, you work for Mighty Writers, you, you, you work with The Block Gives Back, like you've got this just this natural urge to, to help people. Yeah. Um, wh- where do you think that comes from? Um, definitely from Ruth. Yeah. Okay. Um, she, uh, it wasn't necessarily like a thing that she taught me, but she was and, just and like, explain, explain who Ruth is for people who didn't have yeah. this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ruth, uh, so not overcomplicated. She was basically a foster parent to me. Um, okay. like officially she was a guardian, a legal guardian. Um, but I had to, whatever process I ended up becoming, uh, like my mom had sent me away. I ended up with her, and I spent the first eleven years of my life with her. Cool. And uh, was like, she actually she was, a, was she a professional pool player? Did I hear that? She was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's she, amazing. <laughs> we used to like she used to like be in tournaments around the city, and we would just like. I remember I grew up in like shitty bars around the city, just like sit. I'd be like sitting in the corner in this yeah. bar, and, like 
40 year olds smoking mm-hmm. cigarettes. And <laughs> you're, just, you're just drinking milk. And yeah. Cool. People, yeah. People, people don't know. <laughs> people don't know. People, people don't know. That was the thing, man. There'd be yeah. kids in bars some nights. You know what I mean? Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, can, can you forward our info to Ruth, too? We'd like to have a professional female pool player on the podcast. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I bet she's got some stories, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Story. Who would, who would bring the five-year-old the to the bar? Yeah, she taught, we used to have a pool table, like, in our living room. Like, oh, we had yeah. that little, like, a rubby little, like, North Philly row home with yeah. a big, like, professional-sized pool table. <laughs> oh, yeah? She was right, legit about it. Yeah, yeah. She, she was about it. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. So for those for those who don't know, could you tell us a little bit more about the uh, the Mighty Riders? Yeah, so Mighty Riders is a youth program, like youth mentoring, peer mentoring program uh, that's focused on teaching kids how to use writing as a tool to express themselves. Um, so that's whether it's like journalism or like writing novels or even just like writing comedy and skits or whatever, like just writing as a tool in any way. Uh, what I did there was like program management. So like I helped create and facilitate programs. I led mm-hmm. programs. Uh, and during the week I taught uh, like a small after school program. Mm. Was it surprising to you how difficult some of those waters are to navigate in the nonprofit world? Because all, all three of us, you know, we, we work with different organizations and it's, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be all love and rainbows, but it's, it can be pretty treacherous. It's very political. <laughs> like, like, some of the things, like I've, I've worked in nonprofits, like even before Mighty Writers, even working at like NPR, like I wasn't like officially like behind the scenes or anything, but like I've seen things at NPR that maybe go like, I never would think that like the place that gives us like Sesame Street. <laughs> so cutthroat, like, right. Yeah, it's a not the nonprofit world is vicious. It's vicious. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get back a little bit to the, um, you know, to the uh, to the block gives back um, yeah, and, and, and talk a little bit about that and, and talk a little bit about how that came about and how your experiences helped, um, you know, kind of formulate what it is that you all do. Um, so the block gives back got started as kind of like it kind of got started off a, a whim kind of a thing um, a few years ago. Uh, Tommy and a couple of our other friends uh, got together and we put up, put together, we used to always like hand out food to the homeless. Um, and one year we were like, well, like, let's try to like raise money for it. Cause you know, we're like broke 20 something year olds. Like we can't just like raise all this funds to do this by ourselves. And we set up a GoFundMe page and within a, like a week we raised a thousand dollars and we were like, oh, like we can actually like do this for all. And we took that money. Uh, we got like blankets and food from uh, Rose's Pizza. They donated a bunch of pizzas to us. Um, and we went downtown and like fed the people out there and it just grew from there. Um, we started doing like, from there we did like street, street and park cleanings. And then we had a full blown like festival. And like, it's, nice. yeah, it's been kind of exploding ever since then. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful, man. Yeah. I know, I know that, you know, that's something that simple, you know, I've, I've, I've got a friend that works in like, um, he, he, he does a lot of research on like gun violence and, yeah. and violence in general. And, and he talks about how something that like that, which, you know, cleaning up a block, you know, you think it's a nice thing to do, but it's so much more than that. 
yeah. uh, because you, you, there are actually studies that show that when a block is cleaned up, if it's maintained, that cleanliness is maintained, violence goes down on that block. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious when you look at the, at, at what you guys do, both from like kind of the, the, you know, macro level and the micro level, like, like in terms of what you do, it's, it's a nice thing for the block, but are you also, um, how do we fix some of these problems that were, you know, that we're up against as a city with, with violence and so forth? Do we start with something that small and then build or, or, or what are your thoughts on that? So I'm into politics a little bit more than most people. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been really into like sociology and the idea that a clean street or a clean park, you know, lowers crime is kind of like, that tells you what the real problem is. Um, it's not necessarily that like, there's a bunch of bad guys running around the streets with guns or like, there's people without morals or anything like that. The problem is that in these communities, there's a lack of resources. Um, and because of that, people are scrapping for survival. They have to do whatever they can to get by the next day. I'm always kind of like getting it to the crab in the barrel uh, mm -hmm. analogy. But like people, crabs don't belong in barrels. So the actions of the crabs in the barrels, they, that falls on the feet of the fishermen. The fishermen. Mm. Right. right. Yeah. So, wow. So I like that. So yeah, that's enjoy. how that's yeah. how I look at the city. All of these problems in the city comes from a fundamental lack of management in the government, whether it's local, state, or federal. All of it is it's a failure of the people. Uh, it's a failure of the government for the people. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you got name recognition, face recognition. Everyone feels like they know you when you're running <laughs> for office. Uh, so that's actually an idea that I've been floating around like in my head for a while. So when I worked on the state rep uh, campaign, uh, the SEIU uh, was sponsoring the candidate that I worked with. Mm -hmm. And they kind of got the idea in my head, like you should probably run for office one day. Um, it's something that I'm, I'm thinking about. Um, and it could happen soon. I'm kind of like very like disillusioned with politics right now, you know? Sure. Oh, really? Why? 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 <laughs> 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 um, Such a noble profession. Right, right. <laughs> it is something that I've thought about doing, and it's something that I think about doing often. Um, I do feel like maybe I can make the most change on the streets, though. Um, and that's mm -hmm. kind of what I've been mm -hmm. with back and forth. Like, is it the nonprofit realm where I can make the most change, or if it's getting into politics and dealing with Mitch McConnell? For <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah yeah that seems uh that seems you know it, it seems like a lot of banging your head against the wall with politics yeah. where yeah. if you're trying to help you know, if you're trying to help a block you can go and help a block if you're in politics yeah. you got to pass that through 10 other people yeah. Yeah. Right. six of whom don't like you you know yeah. just, right. just on principle right. because because a letter beside your name right a crazy thing about like the block goes back is like so like I know we're past this point now, so it doesn't matter. But like, there was a point where like we were so frustrated because of how much stuff we had to like go through, like permits and stuff. So you just like do stuff. There's a couple of street cleaners we had where like no permit, right? Like, right. We'll do it. Like we, right. <laughs> the yeah. street needs to be clean. Let's go clean the street. 
Right. Like, and you got to be a real me. asshole to show up to something like that. Like, hey, where's right. your permit? Hey, where's your permit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys trying to make this block clean? What yeah, the hell? Like, Without a permit? You think? Well, I mean, we've had to off the ground with those. Yeah, he's gonna walk up this street with some brooms. Get the hell out of here. Where like the police have like shut down, like when we're like feeding the homeless and stuff like that. But like we'll just like we'll just like move a couple blocks over and just keep it going because like that's. It's the wildest thing. Uh, when yeah. I like would get involved with the Occupy Philly, we would try and feed people, and they would shut you down for not having some kitchen permit or a certified yeah, yeah, yeah. kitchen to food coming out of. Yeah, it really uh, makes you think. It really makes you wonder. Like, I mean, it doesn't make you wonder. It makes it more obvious of what right. the what the plan is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the plan isn't to help people. <laughs> right, right. Right. I mean, right. I mean, right. I don't know how long you've been up on off Lehigh Avenue, but. So they moved everybody from the little tunnels along Lehigh yeah, Avenue. Yeah, so they moved all the people struggling with heroin, but they moved them because they're building like big condos yeah, and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah that's so, why they moved them. They're not trying to help them. Right. Now they're all at K&A now. Right. So during the time that I was working at, during that time, I was working at this place called the Clean Air Council. And they're mm-hmm. like, uh, they handle like a lot of like suing big corporations for polluting. Yeah. Um, and I have like a, uh, connect there who's like a liaison with the city and like he straight up told me like that's the reason like it's not because it's not because those people are like a danger to anybody or anything nope they're straight up moving those people because they're in the way of construction but like that's one of those things so like i've been i don't want to say i've been involved in politics since i was young but ever since like sean bell and occupy i've been kind of like had an eye on things mm-hmm. and like one of the things that kind of struck me is i was like during Occupy, like they moved everybody out because it was like a health hazard, and then like a week later they built Dilworth Park. And I'm yep. like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wow, like, Cause, yeah, because we did not sleep there, but we would go up there all day and night and hang yeah. out. And we went to some city council meetings, and they were saying, you know, we had this park planned for two years. You guys weren't here two years when we started to do this to complain right. about it, right? It's like, yeah, I never, I, but that never- that, there. That never sat right with me, even at, that happened when I was maybe like 14, 15. And I was yeah. like, yeah, this is, this is, yeah. That experience was crazy because everything that they were complaining about back then is stuff that is super popular now. Yeah. Right. And it's really not divisive if you say the other 98%. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's the most inclusive unity slogan you can get. Exactly. Right. The, go- exactly. the government doesn't want that to happen. Right. That's right. what it is. They feed the, they feed the narrative that like things that unify the people are destructive like mm-hmm. talking to people yes. about not stereotyping and harming others is divisive because we're talk- telling people what to do and like no like just stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it I makes know. things easier yeah I, I, bit- i'm curious and i kind of want to put this out to everybody but like you know because again like today's a pretty historic day yeah. um it looks like it's it's probably. Yo, give a shout out to Philly. Philly came out, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I feel like I got tourist money to spend. I'm going to Detroit, Atlanta, <laughs> Philly. Right. Right. You know? um, yeah. No, I mean it's it's been like you know I'm 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 just kind of like exhausted and emotional and like just absolutely. seeing Philly represent like that, like people yeah. showing up and dancing and playing music. Cosmo <laughs> was playing out there yesterday. Yeah. They had the dancing mailboxes. Yeah, That's dance, such a dig to Trump having them dancing mailboxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I posted on uh, I posted on Instagram like a couple hours ago. Like somebody had a sign that said "Count Every John." Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Right. <laughs> yep. yep. 
Yeah, it's definitely been bananas the last couple of days. Yeah, yeah. We see our, our lieutenant governor. He changed his Twitter handle from John Fetterman yep. to John Long Fetterman. Fetterman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but but I'm curious and, and kind of just floating it out to the group. But like, um, you know, obviously this is a this is a win, you know, to a certain extent because we just couldn't take four more years of that of that asshole, you know, like yeah. just, already there's so many. There's so many fights going on. And the more I try to like talk to people and, and meet with people, the more I learn about how many people are involved with that. Yeah. And those fights yeah. are that much harder when you're also having to fight what's happening just in a very like direct, the, the guy yeah. screaming at you on TV and telling you you're a piece of shit basically. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, right. every day. yeah. So, but, but I'm curious, uh, you know, with where does, you know, the activism that's arisen in the last four years and especially in 2020, what does that look like if there's a Democrat as president? Because I, I don't want that energy to go away. Right. It seems like that energy is so powerful and it's accomplishing right. so much. And it's like, how does that keep going? How does that keep going when you're not, you don't have that easy enemy? Right. I think... I think it's up to the organizers now. This is where this is where everybody, every one of us who's ever called ourselves an organizer in any way, this is where we earn our stripes the most. Mm -hmm. um, because right now, Joe Biden has been kind of like propped up as like not the enemy, you know. He's just not. He's not Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah, that's his, that was his whole campaign. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm just not the enemy. Yeah. Um, and and to be honest, uh, for a lot of us who who are in the organizing world, that's not something we believe. You know, yep. that's not Great. something that that's not something that a lot of the people that have been out there protesting believe. Um, that the issue isn't Democrat or, Repu or Republican. It's the U.S. government and yeah. the way that the U.S. government has moved for the past ex couple hundred years, you know, right? Um, and the next couple of years have to be has to be about making sure that not only the Democrats maintain the status quo, we don't want them to maintain the status quo. Absolutely, we to continue to push to the left. We need to get further left. Uh, yeah. Right now, Joe Biden is the dead the center president. You know? right. And he's I I wouldn't even say he's center. I've all even when he was, you know, vice president, I was Joe Biden's kind of a Republican. He's he's closer to Republican than he is a Democrat. Right. And and that's kind of like the the thing that the Democratic Party is comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and I think also there, there's a good portion of Americans that's comfortable with it. I think that the reason why Biden kind of enthralled the left as, as much as he did was because he's something that's so comfortable. Like people right. can... It was just strategic. Strategic. Yeah. Like yeah, you, yeah. You're going to scare the votes away if you actually have yeah. like some, some spine with you. Yeah, We've yeah, had yeah, such yeah. chaos. We just need some kind of... This is some kind of bad meatloaf. It's like bad comfort <laughs> food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all right, we know we're getting it's here. Conversing. We can figure this out. But like during <laughs> Occupy, Occupy was under Obama. I yeah. mean... So right. it didn't matter, Democrat, but I think the difference now is during Occupy, when they were kicking people out and those, those, uh, the things they were, everyone was fighting for then, there were no allies in government at that point. Now you have AOC in the squad, they're vocal, they, they align almost I, I, like identical with the Occupy movement 
So I think now, like now's the work. Like my my Democratic friends think it's all like right nah, want, now. Yeah. Now now the vitriol I had for like, Trump is coming <laughs> to Biden. Like let's, yeah, let's get yeah, some yeah. work done. Yeah, yeah. Biden got to catch all the same heat that Trump was catching. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not just not just from organizers from the I think from the media too. I, I don't media, want I don't yeah. want to get that free pass because yeah, you know all that stuff. You know the, all the stuff the Republicans complain about. Like I'll I'll give them credit that the media does give some of these Democrats a free pass and they don't put their feet to the fire to do what, what we want them to do, which is to make people's lives better. Exactly. At the end of the day, this is all about a bunch of rich dudes lining their pockets on both yep. sides. Yep. Um, Democrats. Just, yeah. The Democrats are just a little bit more friendly about it, but they're, they're nicer not, about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're, they're very, they're, they're, they're nice. doing the yes. exact same thing. They're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, still like I, I, I'll still take the W. I'll take the W. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Today. <laughs> I'll definitely take it, yeah. I told someone today it could have been a fucking ham sandwich, and I don't even right. know. And I would have been like, yep. I, so, right. I, for Kanye, and I, was like, I mean, it basically hey, is. <laughs> I mean, Biden's not, Biden's got not got that much more going on in his head than a ham sandwich. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's like a microwave TV dinner. Like, he's... <laughs> yeah. I think the bar was just set so low. We just wanted someone that just like wouldn't be just a fucking just embarrassment, make yeah. you sick every time you see them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, someone, just, someone that won't enrage half the country every day, every day, every day, that's, that's multiple, multiple times a day. Yeah. yeah, just for existing, just for existing. Right. Like, like when I was watching the debate and like he started talking about Philly and I'm like, why? What do we have to do with this? <laughs> all right. They had this all planned out. That made it sweeter. That was just like oh, when yeah. the narrative's written. Yeah, like, absolutely. They're gonna say like they're gonna say like yeah, he said bad things happen in Philly, and then Philly delivered some bad things. Like yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. Right. it's gonna be like right. a Mark Wahlberg movie about this. Right. Like <laughs> Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Bradley right. Cooper plays Joe Biden. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Eastwood. No, no, he's he's hardcore Republican though. He wouldn't do it. Yeah, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> Kevin Costner would. He's got a new movie coming out too. Yeah, you and no, Kevin I Costner. Kevin Costner. Hey, I'm not a Tom Hanks. Oh, 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 come on, Tyree, you're cool. Now you're bringing up Tom Hanks. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Next thing you gotta tell me, you, your first concert was Billy Joel in the Blunt Round. I mean, listen, listen. <laughs> we taking it to we taking it to the Blunt. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, as soon as I can uh, get to my questions, uh, we're going to do rapid fire questions. Uh, you're going right. to give us uh, rapid fire answers. Um, what is an underrated artist or group that everybody should know about? I was just talking about this on Facebook today. Spillage Village, they're a rap group who is like from Atlanta, consists of like four artists from uh, J. Cole's label, Dreamville, and a couple other mm -hmm. random dudes. They're mm -hmm. amazing. They just dropped the mixtape a couple weeks ago. Definitely check it out. Okay. okay. Nice. All right. Will you will you keep your locks forever, or will there be a day you will cut them? Uh. So my dad Jerry is very bald. So mm -hmm. as long as I can fight off the low pattern baldness, I'm keeping the locks. Yeah. What's your uh, <laughs> what's your what's your mom's dad? Did he have good hair? Yeah, they say it's a maternal thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's your mom's yeah. dad's hair. Yeah. The my whole, my whole family kind of has like luxurious hair. 
Yeah, yeah. You'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, your favorite Fab Five member? My favorite. That's uh, JVN. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny's a superstar. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny was my favorite one to talk to behind scenes. Like, amazing. Can I ask you, uh, let me derail the blunt for one second. Do you see your hair as it's getting done, or when they turn you around, that's the first time you saw your hair? Uh, oof. Um, no, I didn't see it until... All right, because uh, yeah. right. you look shocked by it, like, impressed yeah, by it. Yeah, that was right. thing, yeah, yeah. Where, where did you get your hair done? Was that in Philly? Yeah, it was in South Philly. It was this place called... Uh, I would hate to fuck up the name, but I think it was J.H. Smith. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's like a salon. But the person who did my hair, uh, she runs her own salon out of her house. And she's nice. Out of, oh, uh, yeah, she is. She yeah. is a lovely woman, too. Yeah, wow. yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's see. Um, uh, let's see. What is on your bucket list? My bucket list. Uh, I'm planning on. This is like something that's so not a bucket list items for like people. I'm planning on moving to Oakland. Like that's the thing I want to do. Yeah, Oakland. I want to yeah. Oakland. Oakland? <laughs> well, you you are an activist, and that's yeah. that's yeah. Act, yeah. you know what I mean. That's the that's the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the main reason I want to get out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, what scent of Febreze is your favorite? What's your go to? <laughs> nice question. There's like this. There's like this Hawaiian mist stuff. I know all about Hawaiian yeah. Miss, brother. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the one right there. Yeah. Cool. Does it does it lean towards the pineapple or the coconut smell? Is it? Uh, it's a little bit of everything. It has some I like think it's a going mix. on in there. Makes it makes nice it makes, the, makes the room tropical. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. tropical is good. Yeah. Uh, so you brought up a crab analogy during our interview. You made crabs on the show. You have a favorite yeah. crab spot in town. My favorite my favorite crab spot in town isn't open anymore. Um, it was in Fishtown. It was called Crabby's. Okay. Yeah, okay. and he used to have like this wild deal where you could get like a pound of mussels for like a dollar on Wednesdays. And that's yeah. why I'm out of business. Was the food good or was it just <laughs> was, yeah. was it the deals or was the food good? <laughs> it was a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. Funny story about the crabs that I made on the show. Uh yeah. I didn't want them to cut this out, but um so the scene where we were at Aether, the bar in yeah. Town, um, there was a section where we were like, um, we were putting the crabs in the pot, and like one of the crabs like attacked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, they cut that out. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, they, they cut, cut it I out. I them to keep it in the show, and they cut it out. But like the crab oh, like latched onto my finger and like, <laughs> like wouldn't let go. Like Anthony had to like take a knife and like pull it off of me. And they were like, oh, my God, do you want a tetanus shot? And I'm just like, no, just give me a bandy. Like, <laughs> possibly cut that out. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's part of the show. Did you guys yeah. ever see, like, there was a, the, my, maybe my favorite video in the history of the Internet is a, <laughs> is a crab that has a cigarette in one claw and a knife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, life is hard at the bottom of the sea. You've seen that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be a Philly, like a Schuylkill River crab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got him out of Fairmount. <laughs> uh, if you could have played any professional sport, what would it have been? Um, if you ask any of my friends, they will tell you. They won't tell. You, I'll tell you that I was a very good football player. <laughs> nice. So I definitely, definitely see myself. I still see my. Every once in a while, I kind of 
watch the draft and see if anybody calls my name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what position? A flyer. Uh, no round tackle. What yeah. was it? No tackle. tackle? Yeah. Working uh, man. I like that. You got, you got yeah. a good center, low center of gravity. <laughs> oh, got to keep the hips low. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Tyreek's not delusional. He doesn't think he's going in the first, but, you know, six, seven, you know, six. You know, yeah. yeah. Mr. Walker, just give me a draft pick. That's all I need. Right, right. <laughs> all right. Uh, you mentioned you were in, a, in the flip side video. Who is your favorite member of the state property crew? That's such a – I mean, like, I want to say beans. That's usually the go-to. Beans are I want to say beans, but I like I like how outrageous P.D. Crack is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like how I was just listening to today, actually. Real, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and quiet as it's kept, he's actually that outrageous in real life. <laughs> I, I oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a wild dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right. Do you do you do TV dinner or frozen pizza? Ah, uh, uh, TV dinners used to be my thing. One of the reasons I'm this size is because I used to eat like hungry man meals all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. But uh, oh. these days, <laughs> these days I'm more of a frozen pizza guy. All right. <laughs> um, what is uh, what's your go to takeout right now? My go to takeout. Uh, these guys don't need a shout out. Most because like nobody goes to them, but this restaurant called Ming River on Somerset, I think it's on Somerset. Uh, they have like the most amazing shrimp lo mein I've ever had in my life. <laughs> really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Really? But uh, uh, special mention to Bubblefish in Chinatown. Yeah. That's yeah. that's definitely my spot. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard good things about. It. I've never been, but I've heard great. Oh, things they got about it. my favorite food is uh this thing called Kasudan. It's like a fried pork chop over rice. And they mm. got this castle down in the city. Okay. And I miss, I miss, I miss hanging out in Chinatown. Yeah, I miss, I miss hanging out. Yeah, I miss hanging out. Yeah, I miss hanging out at all. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, so boom, that's that's perfect segue for my question. Uh, what? It's 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 a Friday night, non-pandemic. What are you doing? Where you at? Uh, I was big on like going to like local shows and like random places. Uh, one of my favorite. Isn't that places. always fun, man? You would just right. see the most random. I just don't even have to be good. I just don't even have to be good. I used to go to this place uh, frequently called the Pharmacy. It's in South Philly. Yeah. South Philly. Love the Pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my spot. Um, I actually we organized the fundraiser there. The Black is Back organized the fundraiser there. Once we had a couple shows there. Uh, Hakeem from the Black is Back. He's a rapper. And Kevin, mm-hmm. they're both rappers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had shows there. Um. One of my other favorite places is this place called the Crisis Center. It's in West Philly, and it's literally like a basement. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a basement. Sounds like, like West Philly. Yeah, it's like a basement with like books in it in the stage. And like, you know, wow. that place sounds That's awesome. Real underground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, We're too old. We don't know about the cool, like, no, you know what no, I mean? No, like, no, 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 I really want the pandemic to be over so I can hang out with Tyreek in a West Philly <laughs> right. with some books and some music. This sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll bring Ruth. We'll start hustling some people a pool. We'll be good. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, if you're feeling down, give me a feel-good song that you always go to. Feel-good song. So I mentioned Spillage Village earlier. Uh, they have a song called Happy. It's spelled H-A-P-I. And that's one of them. Another one is um, this song called Proud of You by Earth Gang. And okay. another one is Clank by Spino, guy from Chicago. 
Okay. I've, I've really come to love Earth Gang over the last couple of years. I, They're incredible, man. I don't feel like enough people talk about them. Yeah, it's crazy because, like, my friend tried to put me onto them. And, like, I'm always into, like, experimental music and things. And my mm -hmm. friend tried to put me onto them. And, like, the first time I heard them, I wasn't, like, into it. Mm -hmm. And, then, like, recently I revisited their music. And, like, I don't know what happened, but, like, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it like, yeah. Insane, yeah. Right. I've only listened to them mostly for like the past like six months. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. All right, Tyreek, we want to thank you so much, man. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah, man. Thanks I, a lot, man. Definitely love yeah. it. Thanks yeah. for all the work you're doing. Appreciate in the your community yeah, too, man. Yeah. Man, appreciate all the work you do in Philly. We, we, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anywhere yeah. people can? Is anywhere people can reach you on your socials? Do you, if you want to shout them out? Uh, yes. So you can reach me on my personal Instagram. Uh. That is for forever noir, forever underscore noir. Um, you want to spell noir? Some of our listeners, uh, N O I R. Thank you. Um, you can also uh follow the block is back. We're on everything as the block is back. Um, that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have a YouTube channel if you want to watch one video. <laughs> um, yeah, we, 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 we're everywhere. Um, okay. And is there anything else? I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I don't really. Yeah, no, that's yeah, okay. yeah, we, no, get, no. we get it. We get it. We get it. You're young. The three of us, when we talk, we, we hang out on Facebook. You're <laughs> young and cool. Does nothing, but cool. there's nothing good coming out of Facebook these days. Yeah, I try to direct people away from our Facebook as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smart, smart man. Smart man. Yeah, so, so I think I can say, for, speak for all three of us, when you do run for office, let us know. We'd love to be part yeah. of your team, man. Help you out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In any way possible. Campaign yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> All right, man. Good to see ya. Yep, take it easy. Thanks, Harry. It's the sound of Philadelphia. Brotherly love, brothers covered in blood. The man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short. Sweet.